As a leader in advanced HVAC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness, with a focus on personal comfort and prosperous communities. Mitsubishi offers a variety of indoor options, including high-wall floor mount, duct handlers, and extremely popular one-way ceiling cassette. Climate systems are great for a single room or the entire home, providing 100% capacity to minus 5 degrees. A full range of control options including Wi-Fi, touchscreen, and thermostats, and simple remotes are available to meet every customer's needs. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. For more information, go to MitsubishiComfort.com. On today's episode of On Books and People, Mark is joined by Bob Logan, president of Plumline Services. Starting at Plumline in 2009, Bob began as a service manager and worked his way up to sales manager, operations manager, general manager, and in 2018, when the owner sold to Wrench Group, he became the president. Welcome, Bob. Good morning. Welcome to Mark Madison on Books and People. Today, we are so fortunate to have my good friend, Bob Logan. Bob, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me. Oh man, it's so it's so, so good to hear your voice. Uh, I so enjoy our time together. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions. All right. So All right. First and foremost, how did we meet you and I? Well, uh, we were introduced by Paul Kelly, um, one of my partners in the Wrench Group, and he uh, he he uh, built Parker and Sons, which is a large HVAC plumbing, heating, and electrical company out in, uh, in Arizona. And then he had you in for some training and suggested we bring you in here. And that's kind of how our relationship started. And when I came walking into your facility, I was just blown away by all the things you do and the way you guys run the company. And, uh, and I got to thinking, how does a guy get to be like Bob Logan? And then we started talking and you said you grew up in Colorado, but you had six sisters. What was that like? Oh, wow. It was, uh, it, it had, had its pros and cons. So it was always <laughs> nice because they, uh, five of them were older and, and one was younger. Um, you know, it, it was, it was great because there's always a lot of pretty girls hanging around the house. Oh um, man. So that, that, that part was great. Um, the downside was that anytime, uh, something got broken in the house, my, my dad would come, come home and discipline me before he asked questions because he figured I was probably <laughs> the one who did it. You broke the vase, Bobby. Well, and he was, he was right about 99% of the time, so. Right, right. Hey, man, I grew nine inches in one year uh, my, in junior high. I was knocking stuff over all the time. It was always me. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but I had a great childhood. It was It was great parents and, and great family and we're all still very very close my parents have passed on but my my sisters and nieces and nephews family's super important to me and we're all still very close it's like having five aunties well for me it was like five mothers um, <laughs> in addition well, to my to real kind. mom yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so there's a rumor going around denver that you flunked out of college is that true <laughs> That is not a rumor. That is true. 
Yes, I uh, I wasn't a great student. I I was actually born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I moved to Colorado when I was two. So, okay. although a true native doesn't allow me to claim it, I'm I'm claiming that I'm a Colorado native. Right. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a great student. It wasn't that I that I wasn't intelligent. I just I wasn't motivated. I didn't do my homework. I didn't read. Um, I'm not sure I even cracked a book until after I was out of college, and then. And then, so I had really poor study habits. And uh, so, uh, you know, I used excuses like, well, I was working three jobs while going, to, while going to college and things like that. But the reality was I just didn't apply myself and probably partied a little bit too much. But yeah, after, uh, after two and a half years, I had freshman credits. And I think my GPA was some, somewhere between a 0.6 and a 1.3. And a uh, solid one, three, <laughs> a solid one, three. And and I, you know, I, I looked at that and said, why am I paying for this when it's going to take me uh, 10 or 12 years to graduate? I need to, I, I just need to go get a job. So I, I can't remember if the university asked me to leave or if I decided to leave my own accord. <laughs> well, 12 years of college, we call those doctors. <laughs> well, in most cases, yes. But in my case, I, I would have been uh, graduating with an associate's degree at that point. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I came home with a 1.8 GPA, a solid 1.8. You know, yeah. Oh my gosh. So you married up. I met Jackie. Nice going there. So it's obvious you can sell. She's she's an incredible lady, and uh, we've been married for 32 years now, and and uh, we're like newlyweds. I mean, at least in my eyes, I, I still get giddy when I get around her, and and she's just an amazing lady. Well, we went out to dinner one night, and you were holding her hand, and I thought, oh. You know, that was really Aww. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> 32 years. Well, just so you know, the 33rd year is the worst. If you get past that, it's all downhill. <laughs> Charlie Jones used to say that. It didn't matter what number you gave him. It was always the next one. Right. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. So you are a true servant leader. Uh, and I mean that in the kindest way. Who were your mentors? Who were the people that made a difference for you coming up? You know, when it when it comes to that, uh, although I didn't recognize it at the time, Mark, I, I would have to say my mother. Um, you know, I, I again, I didn't realize it while she was doing it until until I looked back in life and, and saw how she served people. But just unconditional love, never judged people, always mm. always thought the best of them. Um, you know, whether it was, whether it was cooking, whether it was no matter what she, what she was doing, she, she, uh, she was serving people. And, uh, so she was probably when it comes to mentor, she was, she was probably, even though she didn't, she didn't consider herself a mentor probably, or, or realize it, she had the biggest impact on my life. Mm. And of course, you, have- you know, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, as, as you and you and I have talked about, you know, since then, um, you know, it's uh, after I flunked out of college and was at a pretty low, low time in my life, uh, a boss of mine gave me a book by Zig Ziglar, See You at the Top. Yeah. And again, I wasn't a big reader, but I, I read that and I fell in love with, uh, with self-improvement books, self-help books, um, anything along those lines, and I've just eaten them up. And so, I've had, I've had several mentors, either through authors and now in business uh, through the Wrench Group and guys like Paul Kelly and 
and Ken Haynes and Paul Smith and, you know, uh, Kevin Comerford and the list goes on and on and on. I could, I, I could name all these guys that I've just been blessed to be around. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, it hasn't been one mentor. Uh, it's, I, I've had multiple mentors, uh, which is just incredible to me that, that God has blessed me with the people that have been in my lives, including yourself and, and the time you spent out here and the conversations we've had and, and, the, and the books of yours that I've read. Well, that's really kind. But, you know, the bottom line, Bob, is I laid out the buffet. You came back for thirds. You're as teachable as anybody I know. So credit goes to you. Well, thank you. And uh, and as, as I always say, there's there's every day we should be asking ourselves, how, how can I get better? And, and that's that's not just in business. Right. That's how can I be a better husband? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better brother? How can I be a better friend? Um, and, and, and I think, you know, if we ask ourselves those questions, if everybody asks ourselves those questions and committed to bettering themselves, we'd, we'd live in a much better world. But, uh, but again, everything I know, everything I do, I learn from somebody else. And uh, yeah, I think I've only had about three original thoughts in my life. The rest of them I've just borrowed from really smart people. That's, that's okay, though. And, and, and look where it's taken you. Well, it's, it's one of the reasons I started this podcast. It's like, I just want to talk to really smart people who have done something amazing or written something worth uh, reading. And you've done something amazing. I mean, so after an inauspicious beginning in college, right, you took a sales job. Yes. Yeah, I sold fire safety equipment company, uh, fire safety equipment for a little while. It was residential, uh, heat smoke detectors, fire extinguishers, things like that, ladders. And then, uh, then I've had a variety of sales, sales jobs on and off and entered the new uh, construction business in 2001, which I did for about eight years until the recession hit. And uh, actually loved that company and the business and, and, the, and my boss was, was still a great friend of mine. Um, but when the recession hit, I came to Plumline um, thinking this was gonna be a part-time gig and I'd, I'd be back there in a year or two after the recession blew over and 13 years later, here I am. Hmm. Isn't that something? It's incredible. The Mr. Holland's opus was, was a terrific film. And he, he takes a part-time job as a teacher until he can get his band on the road. And 30 years later, he's still teaching. Right. And, you know, at the, at the end of the film, the governor of the state and all these different people who were students of his come up in his retirement party and talk about the difference he made. And uh, it's, it's so funny how a lot of us go, oh, I'll just do this until something better comes along. And then 30 years later, we're still doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and, and unfortunately for a lot of people that, that 30 years is uh, they, they, they dread it the entire time. And I've, you know, I've, I've fallen in love with this, this industry and the people, um, not only at Plumline, but the, as I mentioned, the people, the wrench group and the people uh, outside of the wrench group. Next Star, there's a lot of great organizations and friendships I've built through the last 13 years. Um, and, and I've, and I actually really enjoy what I do. I mean, like any, any business or any job, there's ups and downs and you have good days and bad days, but, but I just can't believe how blessed I am uh, to be in this business. Well, you've attracted some amazing people. And I, I know one of the principles you follow is where performance is measured, performance improves. You guys do a daily financial huddle at your company. 
We do. It's not, it's not just uh, financial. We go through all the key performance indicators of each department and we don't take a lot of time. It's usually 15 minutes, maybe 20 on the outside. Right. If, if we get uh, uh, into a conversation, but, but basically all we're looking at is how do we do yesterday? Um, did we meet, did we meet the mark or didn't we? And if, you know, did we fall short in areas? Did we exceed? And then what does today look like? Uh, what are the plans of action? So it's, we call it a, a huddle um, because that's exactly what it is. We, we come together just like a football team does. They huddle, they, they call the play for, for that. Uh, and we call the plays for the day. And then we, we break and everybody goes uh, on, on their assignments. And so, uh, and then we, we gather again uh, the next day. So we're reflecting on yesterday. What, what can we learn from yesterday? What do we have going on today? And then what do the next three days look like and what, what adjustments do we need to make? So again, it's not just financial. We, we might, we might be talking about capacity. We might be talking about marketing. Uh, we, we cover a lot of stuff in that 15 minutes, but, but everybody leaves that huddle with a clear direction on what their responsibilities are to make sure that the, the team performs. Well, and that meeting is really efficient and everybody is prepared. So when it's time for them to talk about their department, they're prepared and, and they're ready to go. It's very, very efficient. Uh, it was impressive. Well, thank you. And it, it didn't start out that way. We, we fumbled through it for probably a year or, or longer um, until we got the cadence right. And right. what, you know, what was important, you know, what can we leave out? And, uh, and so we've been doing it for years now. And, and I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of people, even in our industry as, you know, do you really need to do that every single day? That's like jumping on a scale every single day. And, and I'm like, you're right. You know, you, it's amazing how quickly you can lose focus after two or three or four days. Um, and, and I've done that. I've stepped on a scale and I've gained six pounds. So I step on my scale every day. <laughs> I bet you brush your teeth every day too. Uh, twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I've never said. Darn, I hadn't, I wish I hadn't worked out today. Yeah, I've never said the, that. Yeah, you, you can come up with every excuse in the in the in the book not to, but yeah, you never have the regret once you do it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so simple. And what you're talking about is so simple. And yet, you know, out of a hundred contractors, how many actually do that? So how many employees do you have? Right now we're about 180, or we should exceed the 200 mark by the end of the year. That's so great. And, you know, there's a feeling I can walk into a company and in 15 minutes, I can get a sense of the morale and the productivity and whether it's a high morale, a low turnover environment or vice versa. And in your facility, it's amazing. It isn't just the quality of the people you've attracted. What I, what I was really impressed by was the, the words on the wall. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, when you walk up the stairs to the training room, you've got all these words on the stairs painted. Oh, okay, sure. So, uh, so on the stairs, uh, that's our steps to success. So we have, of course, our core values on there, which is faith, ethics, character, excellence, and leadership. Uh, we in, in stewardship, and then we also have things like attitude and uh, discipline and other things so that as you're walking up into our training room every morning you can see the things that we feel are necessary in order to, to succeed and then uh 
And then of course our, our core values are, are posted on the walls around the office. And, uh, and we, we live and breathe by those. That's how we operate. It's how we make decisions. It's how we hire and fire. Um, and, and we try to, we do our best to stay in alignment. Uh, so yeah, those, those, it, they, I, we try to stress that they're not just words, right? Because that's what right. happens a lot of time with, with core values or, or the things that you're talking about is it, it, it looks nice on the wall, uh, you know, success principles, it's a poster, whatever the case might be. But after, after a few weeks, you just walk by it and ignore it. So we're constantly revisiting our values and, and what it is that makes us different and why we do the things that we do. And, and they, they become a part of who we are. They are a part of who we are. Yeah, it's evident. When the words on the wall match the behavior in the hall, you've got a credible argument for alignment and high morale and productivity. Yeah, and I'll be the first to admit we're not perfect, Mark. Uh, you know, we we work on it every single day, and and I, I I think perfection is an unattainable goal, and that's why our one of our core values is excellence. We strive for perfection, but uh, but we're never going to get there. And you know, I use a saying that that until I walk on water, there's always areas of my life I need to improve, and I can promise you I'm not going to walk on water in this lifetime. So. Again, unless you day. move to Minnesota, <laughs> that's you know that's true. I never thought about that. I could always go up to to the mountains here in Colorado and do that in the in the winter. But that, look at him; he's walking on the water right? while well, it's December. You know, <laughs> you've um, you've also got a poster on the wall that I think is fascinating. It's kind of a before and after poster. You want to describe that for us? Are, are you talking about our? Uh, our chump and champ posters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not really, it's not really a before and after I've, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's a never, um, because, uh, <laughs> because, because before and after might, uh, might insinuate that we hire guys that are chumps and turn them into uh... champs. Uh, we look for champs from the beginning, but yeah, the, the posters. So if you, if you can envision side by side, one, uh, the, the technician is, is very professional looking. He's clean cut. He, he's standing tall and proud. He's got a clean uniform on. His boots are, his black boots are shined. He's got a nice belt on. Right. And, uh, and he, looks, he looks like a true professional. He looks like someone that, that you would want to show up at your house to perform service and you would trust him. Uh, in, in the house, whether you were there or your wife was there or, or you know, your mother was there. And then the, and then the other one is a chump and, you know, the, the hair is disabled. Uh, the, the, you know, it doesn't look like he's shaven for three or four days. Um, his shirt's untucked. <laughs> it's dirty. And, and it's the same guy. It's, and it's, it's one of same, your guys too. It's, it's the same exact guy, right? Devin, Devin was a model for that. And, uh, <laughs> Um, and it's funny because people that don't know him will, will run into him and they'll say, Hey, Hey, you're the chump and champ guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, we, we, we do it because we, we take a lot of pride in our appearance and, and that goes a long way in business. But I, I think especially, you know, I, Mark, one of the things that I struggle with and, and I'm challenged with is sometimes when I'm talking about things like that specifically, I can come across as being judgmental and, and, and I'm not judgmental. I, I, 
I see it as a responsibility in my position and our leaders' positions that our job is to help everybody in a company become successful, whatever that looks like. And many times, especially the younger people, do things that hold them back and they don't even realize it. It could be, you know, it could be the way they dress. It could be uh, the way they talk. It could be um, personal hygiene. Uh, It could be, you know, a, a number of things. And and I see it as a responsibility. And, and the, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it, because that was me, you know, 35 years ago. And, and, uh, and you were and, the chump. I was the chump. And, and until I, until I started reading the books that I read and hanging around the right people and disassociating myself with the wrong friends. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, I, I, who knows where I would have would be today. So, you know, you've said it, and I don't know who coined the phrase, but if, if not, but for two things, uh, the books you read and the people you associate with, you're going to be the same person five years from now, right? Yeah. And, and hey, the, that's the title of this podcast. Oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mark Madison on books and people. Books and people, books and people. You and I are both big, big believers in that um, because that's what's t- taken us to where we are today. And, and I'm, and, and I say that with humility because I certainly don't believe I've, I've arrived and I don't think I'm anything special, quite honestly. Some, sometimes I, I, I look at the position I'm in or the, the number of employees we have or what we've accomplished in business or financially. And I'm like, why, why me? Um, and, and, and it's quite humbling. Uh, you know, I know all good things come from God. But but why put why put me in this position? I was a, I was a dumb kid with my head up my rear end and uh, with no direction and no education. Um, and, and again, if not for the books and the people, who knows where I'd be today? Bob, I'll see you and I'll raise you. I was homeless, scarless, jobless, and penniless, right? And I had a year of junior college, and and I flunked high school English. So come on, I didn't exactly light the world on fire. But you've, you know, you, when I walk into your office, what I was impressed by, obviously, was how organized it was, but also the, the quality and quantity of the books you had. Uh, when you talk about all those books that inspired you, you'd mentioned Zig Ziglar. Who else? What other authors really made your boat float? Boy, there's, there's so many. I mean, some of the classics that I've read, Norman Vincent Peale, Og Mandino, Dale Carnegie, right. Ben Sweetland, Robert Schuller. Um, and, and those are the books I started with. And then uh, some of the ones that have had the biggest impacts on my life, um, Rick Warren, um, The Purpose Driven Life, uh, yep. Stephen, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and, uh, and John Maxwell. You know, I've read a lot of his books. One of, the, one of my favorites is 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. And, and I love that because they're, not, they're, they're short chapters. Um, you can, you can take each law and, and, uh, put it into practice right away. And, you know, I, I actually hand, hand that book out. Um, when we bring in new hires, we, we do, what's called Plumline university. It's a new hire orientation for all employees. And I give them that book because most of them haven't, haven't been introduced to books like that. And I, and right. I give them that book specifically because, because it is a simple read and it's easy to implement. And, and I tell them read through it cover to cover, and then go back and uh, 
start with law one and, and, and practice that for a week and then go to law two and practice that for a week. And, and uh, you know, where some of the books like seven habits of highly affected people, I mean, that's so, sometimes that's like reading a textbook. It's, it, it'll hurt your brain. And uh, but, but I, I encourage them just take, just take uh, habit one being proactive, read that chapter, right. listen to it on audible and, and implement that in your life and uh, the circle of influence and the circle of concern. And that'll change your life. It'll change your perspective and, and it'll change your world. And, and again, these books, man, they've, uh, and, you know, you said something uh, when we met or, or sometime over the last, last few times we've met that, that really uh, resonated with me. And you said, um, you said, as you're doing these things, you're filling your cup and sooner or later, your cup's going to overflow. And when it overflows, it influences the people around you. Yep. And, and, you know, I think I told you that, that some, because I have a hard time retaining uh, what I read sometimes. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm still not a great reader. And I read with a highlighter and you gave me the suggestion of using a three by five card and, and, and speeding it up a little bit. So I've been practicing with that, but um, but sometimes I'll be talking to somebody and something will come out of my mouth that even surprises me. And I'm, it's like, <laughs> wow, it's like, wow, that was, that was pretty profound, Bob. Um, but any, well, anytime, anytime book, I experience that, it, it, it comes from a book, right? It comes from a right. book or it, can, it, or it comes from something you said, or, or, or Paul Kelly said, or, or somebody, right. you know, even come or, or Kevin Comerford said it's, it's so it's uh or, or, you know, Wyatt, Wyatt Hepworth or, or, or Jeremy Hansen, and two friends of mine up in Utah. I mean, man, right. I've learned so much from those guys. Well, Rick Warren's book, when I read that, he, it starts out on the first page. He says, it's not about you. And I literally put the book down. I said, that's all I need to read. I mean, that's the whole point of the book, right? When, you're, when you're I read Covey's right. book, he said, begin with the end in mind. You know, imagine a funeral with people talking about you after you're gone who are those four people and uh, all those books had a profound effect on on not just me but in my writing as well and you're right you can't read those books and not be inspired you know mm -hmm. they just put a rock in your shoe and you just walk around going i gotta take this rock out i mean come on you're, you're absolutely right and uh and and there's so many great authors i mean it's you know ken blanchard and and charlie tremendous jones and and you know some of the newer, you know Simon Sinek and and uh, Patrick Lencioni, you know I could go on and on and on. It's and and you'd mentioned the books in my in my office, and that's probably I don't know twenty to thirty percent of my my uh, library. There, I, I don't know. There's a hundred books in here or something like that, and but I haven't read near the number that you've read. Would you say you read like thirty five hundred books or something? Yeah, since uh, the last thirty years, two books. That's incredible. I'm I'm probably I'm probably somewhere between four and five hundred. So I got a lot of work to do to catch up. But see, here's the only thing that matters: you get one idea from a book and apply it, right? And you never, yeah. You, the first time I met you, I thought, "Who is this guy? He wears a suit and tie to work every day, <laughs> right?" And I was I, I, warned, I was warned because, you know, a lot of guys in our industry are pretty casual in the way they dress. But for me, not only was that a great first impression, but it's also a metaphor for the way you, you do everything. How you do anything is how you do everything, you know, and you, you 
what what's the what's the navy term uh he cuts a fine jib i'm probably getting that wrong because i wasn't in the navy but um yeah it, it, we get one chance to make a great first impression and you make a great first impression now i will say this you have way too much hair for a guy your age and that's annoying to me personally but uh, i'll get over it hey so we're almost out of time so let me ask you this uh where do you see the company and yourself in five years well, we're going to be exceeding uh, $100 million easily. Uh, this, year, this year, we're going to do some, somewhere between 45 and 50. So we'll double, double or do better in the next five years. And um, right now, we're mainly in the Denver area from Castle Rock to, to Longmont. We'll be in Fort Collins, Greeley, Loveland, Colorado Springs. But it's, uh, you know, I, I see it as a responsibility to, to grow. I've Mark, I've, I've achieved pretty much everything that, that I need to achieve in life. And, and, I, and I don't say that again, like, like I've arrived because I certainly haven't, but, but there, I, I really, I don't have a lot of wants. Let's, let's put it that way or, or needs. Um, I see it as a responsibility to grow because a growing company gives opportunity to all the people that work there here. Right. right. And there's a lot, there's a lot of people who want to, continue to grow and be part of something great and and so that's that's one part of the responsibility the other thing is there there's there's a lot of good companies in our industry but unfortunately there's a lot of crappy companies in our industry that don't care about smurfs and they don't do things ethically and they don't they don't stand behind their warranties and i figure going from 180 employees to to 300 and then 500 and then a thousand uh, that's more people that that get to experience what Plumline offers and how a service business should be ran. And again, that doesn't mean that we're perfect, but uh, but we strive for that perfection and, and we do deliver an outstanding customer service experience. Yeah, you do indeed. Last question, kind of a postscript. What three things would you offer advice to someone who wants to grow their service business? Uh, number one, um, find somebody who's gone before you and, and has achieved what you want to achieve and start asking a million questions, jump in their back pocket. Uh, what I found in, in this industry and really in life in general is that people are willing to share, but not too many people are, are willing to ask. And, and so right. you, got, you got so many people who have accomplished so many great things that are willing to share if you're willing to ask. That's that's number one. Number two. So don't be so, afraid to ask people who have done what you want to do. Uh, correct. Um, okay. Number two. Number two, surround yourself with people who are smarter or better than you are in areas of the business. Yeah. Uh, so many, so many owners, they, they, they want to maintain control of everything and, and you're never, you're never going to grow that way. And, and the reality is there's people out there that can do things better than you are in, in certain parts of the business. And I've been, right. I've been very fortunate to find those people that, that can make me look really good. Um, and so surround yourself with, with the right people. So soar with your strengths and delegate your weaknesses. Exactly. And, and then number three. And then number three, um, stay disciplined in the daily habits it's uh it's it's too easy to lose lose focus and, and lose sight so you know uh systems and processes um processes and people it's you, you gotta you gotta pay attention to those things every single day 
and uh, and just stay disciplined. And if you're not, you know, if, if you're not disciplined, and and I wasn't, I wasn't in my earlier years. It it took a long time to develop that, but uh, but without without discipline, I don't think you you can accomplish much of anything. I agree. That's great advice. You know, somebody asked me how did I write six books and fifteen ebooks, and I said it's really simple. When I start writing, I just do three pages a day or one hour, whichever comes first, and that speaks to your discipline idea. Yeah, it's uh, it's too easy to just kind of kind of wander through life, right? <laughs> well, I got a hunch, and I'm just going to say this out loud publicly, and we're almost out of time, so I'm just going to say this. Uh, I think you make the world a better place, and every life you touch seems to be a little bit better than they were before they met you and you have that uh you have that magic touch my friend well thank you mark i i truly appreciate it and uh i i, I do my best um and will continue to do my best so hopefully hopefully when my day is done um uh you know people can say he had a positive impact and that's that's my goal so i i appreciate you and and everything i've learned from you as well Oh, thanks. I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said, I pluck a thistle and plant a rose where I thought it would grow. That's great. I love it. Keep planting those roses, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. Will do. Have a great day. As a leader in advanced HVC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness. From electric cars to electric water heaters to electric heating and cooling, the future is electric. The demand for all of our electric heat pumps have never been greater. So there's no better time to join our community of premier contractors and grow your business. Here are some of the reasons why partnering with Mitsubishi Electric is a great idea. Mitsubishi is the number one selling heat pump in America and has been the industry leader for over 35 years. Mitsubishi offers local technical support and has a network of excellent distributors. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. To find out more, contact MitsubishiComfort.com. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454, or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association, or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net